Wow. Wow. Good morning, Cross Point. You know, I've, I've seen this video uh, at least a dozen times, and I have to tell you, uh, every time I watch it, it just grips my heart. Um, and as a church, what we, what we love about this, this mission, it's called Project Talitha Kumi, and it means girls, girl rise up. What we love about this is that if you heard Pam, she said that she wants to teach the girls to not to change the nation, but change the nations. And so it starts with a practical need with her, all right? So, so they, they bring the girls in, they provide a safe haven, all right? They feed them, they're clothing them, they're, they're getting educated and equipped for life. And, that, and that's great. But what, what's more important there is they're also being equipped in Christ. And that's the most important thing that we see out of that ministry. And as a church, what we look for when we're looking at our mission strategy, we look for organizations like Project Talitha Kumi that are doing these things that are world changers. And we come alongside as a church, all right, and we say, hey, we want to, we want to be a, a part of this. Um, Pam that runs this, uh, it's, on a, it's a beautiful location. It's in Yamaringia, Honduras. It's, uh, it's like going up to North Georgia. It's a it's a beautiful mountain, uh, mountainous area, and uh, they're on 20 acres of land, and they do things like farm coffee, and uh, they grow their own food and things like that. It's just a, it's a, wonderful, a wonderful place to go and visit. And, and, and Cross Point, you're going to have an opportunity next year in 2017 to go and visit these girls in Honduras. We're going to have multiple trips planned out as a church that we can go and pour into these girls and then also make change in that area for the love of Christ. I know we're going to have some college trips going. We're going to have a medical mission trip in early June. Um, we're going to have a couple more trips at the end of June and then the beginning of July. And then Pastor David and I are heading to uh, there next week, and we're going to be planning out a couple of construction trips because we're going to help them build another mission house. And so you get to be a part of that. All right, so as you know, David's not here this week. He is in Statesboro. He's visiting his dad, um, getting some dad time in, and he'll be back next week. He's going to finish up this series, Synergy, um, and he's going to talk about ascending. Uh, and so he'll be, you remember last week he was talking about going to Boston, and so our stateside strategy for 2017 is that we're going to, we're going to help with some church plants up in Boston, and you're going to have an opportunity to help with that as well. So for the next few weeks, when you... When you have the opportunity and we, we, we tell you, hey, it's time to sign up and go, um, be listening out for that because those, those are going to be the main trips we focus on for 2017, Boston, and David will talk more about that next week, and then Honduras. You know, um, I'm excited to be here. Uh, my name is Darren Roberts, by the way. I'm the missions director. And uh, if you're a first-time guest, I'd just like to welcome you to our church. Uh, I'm glad that you, you chose us out of all the churches in Valdosta to visit today. We, we just... We, we love you as a church, and we're, we're just so honored and privileged that you would uh, pick our church to visit today. And if you have any questions, you can go to our Next Steps or our information desk after service, and uh, we've got some fantastic volunteers. They'll be glad to help you out with any questions you have about the church. Um, and today, we're going to be talking about the word go. Um, the, the, we're going to be looking into the Great Commission a little bit, but we, we look at this word go. Before we do that, I'm going to dive into prayer, and then we'll get into the message. Lord, I just come to you right now, and I've got to just thank you for the opportunity to, to speak today. God, I ask you, Lord, to, to speak through me to those that are sitting here, God. Lord, we know that you have a message for each and every person that's sitting here, Lord. God, may our 
hearts and our minds and our ears be opened to receive your word. God, we're just so grateful for all you do in our lives, God, in the lives of this church, the exciting things that are going on. Lord, we, we thank you and we praise you, your sweet and holy name. Um, over the last six weeks, over the last six weeks, we've been talking about connecting, growing, serving. That's what Pastor David's been talking about. And as a church, as a church, that's important for us because we're, we're not a church that, uh, and I think most of you know this, but if you're new here or kind of new here, we're not the type of church that you come to and, 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 and sit on the chair and not get involved. We really encourage involvement. Um, we, we believe that from the time that you're born again, that that's not, the, that's not the end. That's not what we do. That's not how we, we, that's not how we judge uh, our life is whether we're saved or not. That is an important thing. But from salvation on, it's like, what did you do with it? All right, and as a church, we try to facilitate that growth. We call it a, a spiritual pathway, right? Uh, going from a, from a, um, from a uh, spiritual babe to a uh, co-laborer for the faith. That's what we, that's what we would say. And, and that, is a, that is a transition. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen instantly. It's from the time of salvation, though there should, be, there should be step after step in our progress of salvation that we're maturing in our faith. And as a church, we take it as our duty to help facilitate that for you, and we encourage it. And that's actually our expectation for our, for our members, our, for our partners here, is that, that we are involved, that we are a church that goes. When we think about the word go, you know, it's, it's used in the Bible. It's actually, you know, Jesus must have liked the word. It was one of the last words that he used when he said, Go therefore. And before Jesus gave the Great Commission, you know, in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, um, Jesus didn't just tell the disciples, go. He didn't just like throw them in the pool and hope they swam. There was a time of equipping, all right? He equipped them, he trained them. And when they were ready, he said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And what I found really, really cool here is that Jesus' go, Jesus' go started with a come follow. If you think back to Mark uh, 1, chapter 17, Jesus said, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. All right, he said, come follow. Now, there was a transition around three years. So, so Jesus is walking with the disciples, all right? He's saying, hey, come follow me. I'm going to teach you how to fish for men. And as he's walking with them, he's training them. He's showing them how to pray for others. He's, he's showing them how to have faith. It's a time period, but he's always pressing them to, to go, to go, take that next step. When they were ready, when they were ready, Jesus got them to the point from come follow to go do. You know, I think about that, and I think it's really cool. What does that look like? What, what would it look like to be a fisherman? And, and, and so basically, Jesus is just multiplying himself, all right? As he's teaching the disciples, as he's teaching them, he's, he's showing them, hey, do the things that I do. This is, this is what I want of you. So when we think about ourselves, how does that look for us? And, and we can look at the life of Jesus, I and mean, there's so many different examples, but I picked out a few of these. Um, you know, Jesus was a prayer. He prayed for others, and certainly we can do that. You know, Crosspoint is a, is a staff. You know, we pray for you every time we have Staff Devo. All right, as a staff, individually, in our own prayer time, you are in our thoughts. You are in our prayers. All right, and we love each and every one of you, and we pray for you. 
And that's very important for you to know that. So prayer is important. We serve others. All right, Jesus was a server. He, he didn't, he said, you know, David said last week that Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve others. All right, and so we can take that example. Like, so we have a heart to serve others. All right, so Jesus also showed compassion. He showed compassion for the sick, for the poor, all right, for the, for the crippled. And he healed others. So he met that practical need. So we can do those things. We, we can meet basic needs of individuals. And I, here's what I think happens when we meet those needs. When we, sometimes maybe we had a tendency to make sharing the gospel so complicated. And, and sometimes it starts with meeting a need. All right, so we meet a need. I believe, I believe it opens a pathway to someone's heart to receive the word. I really do. I really do. I, John Maxwell said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Again, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You know, sometimes, sometimes we may feel like we're not qualified. We hear the word go, and we're like, oh, wait a second, I'm not qualified. I, I, that's just a little... That's a little too tough for me to, to chew right there. I'm not qualified. Or maybe we're the type of person that says that we find those obstacles. We find those reasons why we can't go. And I know, I know in our life, sometimes provision is one of those obstacles. Like, we, we just don't know how, quite, how we're going to pay for it. You know, going to Honduras, uh, it can be expensive. Going internationally can it be expensive. So, so how do you get the finances? How, how am I even going to pay for this? Or maybe we're too busy. You know, this is something when I was on uh, that side of ministry years ago, um, I was busy. You know, I, I, uh, I had that excuse. And I, I didn't mind sending others, but I was certainly, I was too busy to kind of go and roll my sleeves up. And I, I didn't mind writing and financing other people's missions. But, but I remember hearing, like, the whole slogan of serving changes lives. And, and I, it was just kind of a a saying, you know, and I heard it over and over and over until one day it just kind of hit me and I went on my first little outreach and, and I realized when, when we say serving changes lives, we're not really talking about, yes, it changes the lives of the people you're reaching, but when you serve others, it changes your own life, right? It really, it changes our own lives. Maybe some of you, you think about going, you maybe think about a mission trip or, or engaging with other people, you're like, oh, wait a second, I'm going to have to witness Oh, that may be tough. I, I'm really, I don't know how, like, I don't know how to do it. And let me tell you, living in the South, you know, this is how we do it, right? We, we take the Bible out and, and we take them down Romans Road. That's what we think of witnessing. Now, I'm not knocking that. That's, that's okay. That's, that's well and good. But, but sometimes, sometimes to be a witness, maybe it's turning a wrench at a bike shop, right? Some, maybe it's turning that wrench at the bike shop. Or maybe it's, maybe it's handing out groceries at our bumper bag market. And someone asks you, well, why are you doing this? And that door is wide open, and now you're like, well, all right, you opened the door, I didn't. And you're saying, uh, well, since you asked, I'm going to tell you. We, we do this because we love you, and we love you because Christ loves us. And he's called us to help you and love on you, and we are planting a flag in this community to show you that. So maybe that's what it looks like. You, we don't have to make witnessing such a hard thing. If you have a story, you have a witness. Okay, it's just sharing what God has done in your life, and it's not a hard thing to do. And can I tell you something from personal experience? If you step out 
if you step out to go, whatever that go is, whatever God calls you to, because we all have a go. That go may be international. That go may be Boston. That go may be here at, in, in our community, or maybe just starting out, hey, starting out in church, serving here. That may be your go. The thing is, God's called us all to go. And if you step out in faith, he is going to meet you where you are, and he's going to equip you to do what he called you to do. Um, Mark Batterson. Mark Batterson is the lead pastor at National Community Church in Washington, D.C. Um, this church is renowned for their outreach in the D.C. area. They're also renowned for their missions program. Um, Mark wrote a book called The Circle Maker. It's a phenomenal book about the power of prayer. It's, just a, it's a great read. Um, but Mark says this about going. Um, he said some people spend their entire lives getting ready for what God wants them to do, but they never end up doing it because they never come to the realization that they'll never be ready. Folks, if you're waiting, like if you've got this thing in your heart and you're like, that's what God's called me to do. I'm just waiting for God to, I'm waiting for God to show up. God's not going to show up until you take that step, all right? Like you heard that scripture, faith without works is dead. That's what this is right here. You cannot wait for God to show up. It's like looking for a job and waiting for someone to call you when you didn't put a resume out, all right? You've got to go step out in faith and do the work, and God will meet you where you're at. Mark Batterson goes on and says, you'll never be ready. He says, our failure to act on what we know God is calling us to do not only breeds doubt and discouragement. Why does it breed doubt and discouragement? Because we're sitting here. Our heart is right here. And, and this is what we feel like God's calling us to do. But nothing's happening because we fail to see that we didn't take that step. And so now we're becoming discouraged and we're doubting whether or not God's called us to that. And honestly, he said it's a form of disobedience. And that's kind of a tough word right there because we don't like to be disobedient. We don't like to think of ourselves as that, but if God's called you to do something, all right, and you haven't taken that step, and you continue living your life day after day, and you've got this gnawing at your heart, that's in disobedience. He goes on to say, 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, go. So why, don't we, why do we operate with a red light mentality? Why are we waiting for the green light that's already been given? 2,000 years ago, folks, that red light turned green. We have God's permission to go. So I would challenge you with this. If you call yourself a, a come follower, I, I, you're, you're a Christ follower. you got that little fish on the back of your car. you got the bumper sticker, right? You know, you're wearing, the, you're wearing the little shirt. You do the Facebook post about sharing, you know, about Jesus, you know. If that's you, if you're saying, hey, I'm a Christ follower, great, you are a come follower. Jesus said you've got to be a go-doer. All right, this is, not, this is not what he's called us to be, just to come follow or sit in a seat every week. He's called us to go out and do. So if you're a come follower and that's what your life looks like, let me tell you, God's got something more. Jesus did not say, come follow me and check a box. Jesus did not say, come follow me and join a church. Jesus did not say, come follow me and take up a, take up a chair. Jesus did not say, come follow me, check a box, join a church, take up a chair, and repeat the same thing week after week. That's no way to serve Christ. That's not God's plan for you. Sunday is not our destination spot. It is the launching pad Monday through Saturday for outreach in our community through our jobs, through our schools, through the things that we do in the community, through bubs and our bumper bag. That is what outreach looks like. 
We all have a call to go. The point is, or the question is, maybe where is that to? Where are we called to go to? What are we called to do? We're called to go on missions. In Mark 16, 19 through 20, it says, So then the Lord Jesus, after he has spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, and then went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them, confirmed the message by company signs. And so the scripture is pretty clear. It says, and they went out and preached everywhere. They didn't just preach at the North Valdosta Road campus. They didn't just go to Quitman campus. They didn't just go to the south side of town. They went everywhere. They, they started and it spread everywhere. In fact, if it didn't go everywhere, we wouldn't be here right now. Right? If they didn't take that challenge or that charge from Jesus, that command to, to go make disciples, we wouldn't be here right now. Folks, we all have a mission field. Every one of us. That mission field is at home. All right, starts there. We lead our wives well. All right, we lead our kids well. So it starts at home. At work, at church, our neighborhoods, our city, our region, and our world. We are not a come and see church, but we are a go and do church. And I am proud to be a part of a church to get that. How can we go and do church? How can we go and do church? Because I believe that Cross Point is a go and do church. How can we be a go and do church if we don't give? God's call us to be generous givers. And, and by the way, we are a generous church. You are a generous people. And you help finance a lot of things that we're able to do. In order to go, we, we kind of give, our, we gotta, there's a sacrifice that comes with that. There's a sacrifice that comes with going. And by, what, by that I mean there, there are different ways that we have to sacrifice. Sometimes it's, it's, it's our own time. And for many of us, time is our most valuable commodity. Maybe we own a business and, and, and we're running our business and we don't really know if we have anybody to fill in so we could take time off to go. Maybe, maybe it's just we, we got kids running everywhere and, and we're, we're, we're going back and forth traveling with the kids and we just we don't have that time or we, we perceive that we don't have time. Be careful there. Be, be careful about saying you're too busy because, look, I was in that trap before. I know the business of life. I know how we can be busy. And, and one of the best words ever spoken to me was one of my pastor friends who said, make sure, and I can't tell you, Darren, if this is you or not, but you, only you can do this. Make sure if the Christ is at the center of your life, that your life revolves around that. And don't become the person who has all this chaos of life and you try to fill Jesus in in the openings and think that's adequate. That's a tough word for me. Now, he wasn't coming down on me, but he was just, it's actually an encouraging word that, that we got to make sure when we say we're busy, does it, does it mean that we're really busy or does it mean maybe we're not prioritizing? Hey, it takes vacation days, right? If we're, we're going on a mission trip to Honduras, most of us get two weeks a year, maybe three weeks. Maybe some of you have been long uh, somewhere, you get four weeks. But regardless, seven to ten days taken off, um, that's a tough pill to swallow, especially if you've got kids. I, I get that. You know, you're basically saying, I'm going to take half my vacation days, and um, I'm going across the world. 
And, and so we understand that. So that is a sacrifice. We have to count the cost there. Some of the obligations, you know, just simple things of we have family issues. We may, sometimes it's hard to board our animals. We got, we got animals. Every time we go on vacation, it's just sometimes you wish you didn't get the dog in the first place. So you just got to, it just, you're calling around town and uh, we got like six different vets and because we'll call the last minute and everybody's closed. They can't keep your, and then, and then they all want to get their shots. My dog's probably been immunized, uh, immunized by every vet in town. Um, but those obligations, those are real, right? And then again, the finances. The finances, it takes, it does take finances to go. Um, in Acts 2, 42-47, this is a beautiful picture of the early church. It's a beautiful picture of the early, early church. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So this is, this is the church, and they're, they're, they are, they're gathering, and they're, they're, they're learning from the apostles, and there's fellowship going on. The breaking of bread and prayer. So they're, they're doing communion together. It says, all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together. So again, you got this gathering and had all things in common. So this is rich. This is poor. All together, one common purpose. It says they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. So yeah, I'm getting ready. You need to sell all your stuff. That's what we're getting ready to know. I'm not going to tell you to do that. We're not, as a church, expecting you to sell all your stuff. All right? this, is kind of pointing to, this is kind of pointing to the rich man that was talking to Jesus and said, you know, uh, Lord, what must I do to be saved? And, and Jesus knew the heart of this rich man. All right, there's nothing wrong with being rich. There's nothing wrong with that. But he knew the heart of this rich man. And Jesus said, all right, so, so you ask him that question, just, just sell everything. And that guy walked away. He walked away. And what's neat about this is, is they're selling everything they have for the common good. Now, again, our expectation is not for you to sell everything you got and sell your home. That's not what we're saying. But, and there's nothing wrong with having stuff, all right? But when stuff has got you, that's a bad place to be. That's a bad place to be. And I've been there, and I'm telling you from experience, not from a judging you uh, with all your stuff. I'm telling you I have been there, and it's not a good place to be. And it says day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So there's something different going on in the early church. There's something different. There's camaraderie. They're, they're gathering together. They're sharing resources. They're helping to pour out. This is, this is attracting more and more people. And as more and more people are coming, they're, they're hearing the gospel and more and more people are being saved. And through that, more and more people are coming to church and the church is exponentially growing. And when I think about this and what it takes to to go, what it takes for us to step into whatever it is God has us go to. I think of, I was reading a book, uh, I was preparing for the sermon last week, and, and so I'm flipping through one of these books, and it's called Servolution, it's one of the first books I got um, when I moved here, um, it's from a, a former pastor at uh, Hill and Place Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, and you know, a lot of people in his circles call him Father Teresa, uh, he just has a heart to serve. And he wrote this book called Servolution. 
And I love this perspective. I was reading through the book, and I saw some highlights I did. And this is a quote that he gave. It says, uh, we are nothing. He is everything. And he became nothing and served us as though we were something. He laid down his everything for our nothing. Now, church, if we have that perspective, if we could take that perspective on and say, I was nothing. In fact, we are nothing, but we cannot do anything without Christ. So we had that perspective. But Christ lowered himself to become nothing and treated us as if we were everything. Now, if we take that concept, if we take that truth and apply it to our lives, and we view ourselves as nothing, and we view others as everything, what kind of impact can we make on this world? What kind of impact can we make on this community? When I think of your generosity, church, I think of Jessica. Jessica was the 15-year-old girl, has a one-year-old daughter. You can do the math. I wrote this down because, again, JT did such a great job with that video. Um, But the perspective that Jessica has. She's 15 years old, a one-year-old daughter, and let let me tell you, about as much as I can say, she didn't ask to get pregnant. I have three daughters, so... This really is tough. It's tough. But she says, we must value our friendships. We must value what we have. We cannot reject what is given us. 15 years old, one-year-old daughter that she didn't ask for. We cannot reject what is given to us. And while we are here, we must find our place because God has a set path for each and every one of us. That 15-year-old girl, when I think of your generosity, you give to our church, all right, and, and your giving helps us give to Pam and her ministry. And Pam's able to, since she has funding, she has other churches poured into her, she's able to take Jessica in, okay? She's able to provide that shelter we were talking about earlier. She's able to um, start teaching her uh, life skills and everything and, and providing that safe harbor and then start to tell them about Jesus and your generosity helps us do that and your generosity gives this girl a perspective on life that many of us will never have quite honestly many of us will never have this perspective but your generosity helps us go over there and let God do amazing things so I want you to know that's through your generosity when I think of your generosity, <laughs> I think of this young boy at Bubs. Uh, Bubs is our bike shop. It's called. It stands for. If you those don't know, we have a we have a bicycle shop. It's it's a community center. It's in the south side of town. It's it's called Bubs, and it's short for Busted Up Bike Shop. So a few months ago, I'm I'm at Bubs, and I help there from time to time. And and usually kids don't come to me because I'm not very good, and, and they see me and they, they go to somebody else. Or they, or they come back that they say, well, and I'll, I'll be back next week. You know, I'm just, I'm really not good. I can fix, I can kind of fix the tire. Um, I'm really not good. Um, and the kids know that, so they kind of shy away from me. But there was this little kid, uh, I mean, he had to be like eight years old. I mean, as cute as he could be. He, but he's only like, like, like that tall, came to my hip. And from time to time when you're working at Bubs, you, you get these kids and they just latch onto you. And you're walking around, they're like, hanging all over you, and, uh, and so about 10 minutes, this kid's just working with me, helping me with this tire and stuff, and, and he looks up to me, and he's like tugging on my, on my pants, and, and he says, hey, hey do, you, do you have a dad? 
Mm. And in my mind, in my mind, I'm saying, well, of course I have a dad. Everybody has a dad. And then I realized, oh, man, you don't have a dad. So, so tenderly, I, I replied back to him. I was like, yeah, I have a father. And I'm like working on the, you know, I'm trying to avoid this conversation. It's really awkward for me. And, and he looks back up to me. And he tugs and, and, and I'm looking down and, and he's like, what's your dad like? It's like, well, my father is a good man. You know, he's a good dad. And I continue to work and, and he tugs on me again. And he goes, I never met my father. Your generosity allows us to pour into these kids on the south side of town. All right? We can't be their father. All right? We can't step in and be their father, but perhaps we can show our father's love for them and be a light to them. All right? Your generosity allows us to do that. When I think of your generosity, I think of a conversation I had with the principal at Pineville Elementary School about this time last year. And uh, we're just sitting there and we're talking. We're, we're talking about bubs and we're talking about things going on in the community. And, and, and Dr. Royce Thomas, he's a, he's a phenomenal guy. I just really, really like him a lot. And you ever had people like creep up on a conversation? You, do you know anybody like that? You know, if you know me, you know somebody like that because I'm a creeper. I, I will creep up on a conversation. I will go in there like, hey, what y'all talking about? Uh, I want in. I, I want in on the story. Uh, so that's me. That's me. I will creep on your conversation. And so these two ladies, they, they came in like uh, they're creeping in on a conversation. And, and, uh, and so we're talking. It's just funny. It's just funny to me. You know, and she looks at me. She's like, uh, she's like uh, y'all got that bicycle shop? I was like, yes, ma'am. We, we, we run the bicycle shop. We do. And she's like, uh, what church is that? I was like, well, we're, we're Cross Point Church, ma'am. And, uh, and she says to me, she goes, well, she looks at her friend. She's like, elbows her friend. She's like, mm-hmm. That's that church I was telling you about. I don't know about that church, but I tell you, they're out in the streets doing outreach. They fit some bicycles and share Jesus with them kids. And she looks at me and she says, my nephew earned a bike through your bike shop. And y'all shared the gospel with him. I want to thank your church for doing what you do. When I think of generosity, those are the things that I think of. And those are the things you need to know when you give, that's what you're giving to. Cross Point, there is no better compliment. I heard a pastor say this once. There is no better compliment than be known as that church. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what that church does, but man, they're doing them bicycles up in the streets. They're fixing them, right? I don't know about that church, but they're feeding people groceries at the end of the month and sharing Jesus with them. I don't know much about that church, but it, during the holidays, they're giving them Thanksgiving boxes, and they're giving them uh, uh, Christmas presents. They have something open up for Christmas Day. I don't know a whole lot about that church, but I know that church looks a whole lot like Jesus. Cross Point, when you give, you're giving to the mission field, and it's, it's important for you to know that. Our pastors, our staff, and you, we're the missionaries. You don't have to wait on us to go. You can come with us, or you can go do. All right, we, we can do this together, and we are doing this together, but it takes all of us to continue to be generous, generous givers, every one of us, 
so we can carry on the vision that God's given us. In conclusion, I just want to finish up with a story of, i got a little bit of time. David, David goes over, why can't I? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm sorry, y'all take that out. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to finish with a story uh, about what going may look like. Um, 2014, uh, Pastor David and Bill Hurley decided to go on this endeavor around the country. It's called the Unseen Project. I know many of you remember this, and, and just by the way, David wanted me to tell you, we are working continuously, and every day that goes by is a day close we're already finishing that documentary. So it is in the works, just to let you know that. But this documentary, for you don't know, it's called The Unseen Project, and it's a motorcycle uh, tour across America, the major cities, highlighting and contrasting America the Beautiful with America the Unseen. They're going to cities like Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, New York City, Boston, Chicago, L.A., on their motorcycles. And then, and, and one of the last stops is New Orleans. I got the lead to trip to New Orleans. All right, and, and part of the plan was to, and, and, and we, we implemented a lot of this, uh, was to gather information, come back here, and it's like, what have we seen that we can apply to Valdosta? Two of those right off the bat are Busted Up Bike Shop out of New Orleans and uh, the Bumper Bag Ministry, which was out of a church in Los Angeles. It was actually Amy and Doug Wilford's. Uh, church that actually, I guess they're going to be their new church. They're moving back uh, tomorrow, I think, starting that trip. But uh, so we meet them in New Orleans. So this is the picture of going. We have a couple, one of, some of our best friends under a wonderful couple. And I, I asked permission if I could tell this story because I didn't want to embarrass anybody. I'm probably going to embarrass them anyway. Um, they kind of flew under the radar for a while. And we do, a lot of us do that. We come to church, and we, we, we're getting back into church, and we fly on the radar. And, and David announced this trip, and so they were praying about it, and they felt this tug to go. And, and so they chose the New Orleans trip. And the guy on the trip, his name is Emil Reister, and, and his wife is Erica, a wonderful family. So they go with us on the New Orleans trip, and through that and building those relationships, they join our life group. All right, so now they've gone on a little trip to New Orleans, They've gotten to our life group, and now, now they're stepping out to serve in the church, or serving in the nursery. So they went, New Orleans, joined a life group, into nursery, then become like nursery leaders, all right? And in that, I was talking to Emil this week, and Emil said that his daughter Riley got saved and baptized. So, so in that time frame, now they have a child to come to know Christ, stepping out to go. So there he is. New Orleans, life group, going to a room to, to help serve, now leading the room, and now saying, hey, I want to be a life group leader. So now the growth has taken them to being a life group leader. By the way, they are our life group leaders, my wife and I. We, we go to their life group. And then this little tug at his heart to go to Honduras. And so they've been to Honduras a couple of times and going back again this Christmas to, to take Christmas presents to the girls. And they're going to be leaders, a part of an adult team that we're putting together of leaders to allow Pam to come back to the States and get some rest. And they're going to help run the farm while she's back here. So starting out with that one go to New Orleans, all the way to Honduras, but it doesn't really stop there. Emil started the Busted Up Bike Shop 
And he got that idea from New Orleans. And when God asks you to go, when you answer that call to go, God can do wonderful and amazing things. Wonderful and amazing things. So God's not looking for your ability. If he was looking for ability, I may not be up here right now. God is looking for your availability. He's looking for someone to say, here I am. Send me. I'll go. I'll do it. That's what he's looking for. I think of, it's one of my favorite scriptures. I used it in my video a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to go to it again. Ephesians 2.10, and it says that we are God's masterpiece. Now, I don't know about you, but that is powerful to me because sometimes I feel like a dollar store painting. All right? I'm at a yard sale. I'm dogs playing poker. I'm no masterpiece. I'm no masterpiece. God says, I am his masterpiece, created anew in Christ. To do what? To come here and sit every week? No. No. So we can do the good things that he laid out for us in advance. Whatever God's calling you to do, if you answer that call, it's already been laid out for you. He'll meet you where you are. Just a moment, I'm going to pray. Before I do, I just want to say this right quick. We have two practical opportunities right now to, to help others. Number one, we have a doctor box coming up. And if you came in, hopefully you got it's in your bulletin, but also there should be a handout of food list. You can please spend time with your kids. Take them to the grocery store. Shop with them and, and bring back stuff off the food list. You don't have to buy everything on the food list, but you can buy some things. Everything helps. But it gives you a conversation piece with your children. Why are we doing this? And again, that question is asked. Why are we doing this? And, and, you're, and you're, as a parent, you're able to go, well, that's a good question because Christ loved us, so we love others. So over the next two weeks, we're going to be collecting food for Adopt the Box. Every year, we give out about 150 boxes that feeds around 900 people, 150 turkeys. It doesn't, it doesn't just happen. We don't, we, don't, we don't snap our fingers and there's food. It takes your generosity. It takes your generosity to help that happen, all right? The second thing is next week, November 6th, we're going to have a um, volunteer orientation right after the second service. I'm going to feed you pizza. I mean, can you think of a better lunch to have than pizza? So if God's been tugging at your heart, maybe, maybe your go is not in Honduras yet. That's just way too far out there. But your go's got to be somewhere. All right, you, you can't just keep sitting. So maybe your goal is just starting out and it's volunteering. And we're going to have that volunteer orientation. I'm not going to take much of your time next week. We'll take an hour, all right? Bring your kids. They can make noise. Don't care. We're going to feed you pizza. I'm going to talk about the idea of serving in the church and the areas that we can get you plugged into. Those are two practical ways right off the bat that you can start your go. You know, when Isaiah 6, a, it's what God says, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Maybe that's you. Maybe today is the day you say, here I am. Send me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just ask you to be with people today, Lord. If you're speaking to them, God, open their hearts, Lord, to take that step forward, God. That they may, that they may go, Lord. That they, maybe their go, Lord, is not international yet, that's just, that's just so overwhelming. Lord, we get that. We understand that, Lord. 
we understand that, that, that fear can set in, Lord. God, maybe their go is not international, but maybe it is local. Maybe they can get plugged into ministries like Bumper Bag. Maybe they get plugged into places like our busted up bike shop. God, maybe, just maybe you're calling someone. Maybe someone has an idea that's been in their heart, been tugging in their heart of starting something, Lord. Wow. That's, this altar's for you if that's, if that's you. This altar is here for you. We've got people who will pray with you. Maybe, maybe neither one of them right now, you're not quite ready there. So maybe, maybe your go is serving in the church. Pray about it. We have people up here that will pray with you. Or maybe, maybe you're just trying to figure out who Jesus is to you. You're not quite sure. But you feel this tug at your heart. Maybe your go is that, that step to accepting Christ in your life. And we have pastors up here that will pray with you and walk you through that. We, we think that's very important. It's a very important step. It's the most important step. God has asked you to be with these people. As the worship band plays, Lord, has asked that you, you prick their hearts and our minds, Lord. Soften their hearts up to, to say, here I am. Send me.